For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with HomeThreads. HomeThreads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on home threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. The tendency to overcomplicate things can be applied to almost every area, including potty training. I've had a handful of listeners reach out wondering how to simplify the process, so I invited Lauren Jones from the Simple Life Project to join me in discussing her tried and true methods. I'm excited for this special bonus episode today, but before we get to the conversation, I just wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. And as always, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, reading my new book, leaving rating and reviews here on iTunes, following along on social media, sending me encouraging messages. Really, I just love all of you guys for listening along and being so supportive over the last handful of years. So I can't thank you enough. And now for my conversation with Lauren. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk to you about simplifying potty training, especially because I'm right in the midst of this right now with my three-year-old son. He will be four in July. So I feel like I'm getting, well, we'll talk about this at some point, but I feel like I'm getting a little old there for him and I'd rather have him have been trained at a younger age. But again, we'll talk about that in ages and expectations here in a little bit, but I am excited to have you here. So before we get into that conversation, I'll just allow you to introduce yourself to the listeners. And um, maybe do you consider yourself a minimalist? Yeah. So my name is Lauren. I live with my husband, Levi, and our three little boys in Boise, Idaho. So we have a busy, busy household. Um, But yes, I do consider myself definitely a minimalist. I love seeking out the simple in everyday life. And I love living minimally any way that I can. And it's been fun to teach our boys so far just how to live this lifestyle. So I definitely would consider our whole family to be minimalist as well as we can be um, with three kids. I also love to cook and run and write and stay as active as possible. We live in an awesome area for mountain biking, trail running and hiking. So uh, definitely we are busy, busy outdoors. No, that's great. I'm definitely jealous of that type of area. I wish that we had a little bit more. I guess we have some great parks here in Columbus, Ohio, but I love the idea of living close to mountains. I feel like that would be a wonderful treat for sure. Yes, it is great. Well, I'm curious. Do you think 
when it comes to potty training, that there is a simplified approach that we can take because you and I were talking about what type of discussion we wanted to have and the topic of potty training came up and I was like, Oh, I I feel like so many of us could benefit from that conversation. So do you think that there is such a thing as simplifying this process? I do. I actually think that potty training is overcomplicated most of the time. And so I do think that there is a way to simplify it. And it really starts by simplifying your mindset before you even get started as a parent, because really, truly, as you know, you know, and as I know, and maybe other people out there who are listening who have potty trained before, it's all about your commitment level at the very beginning. And so how you approach the whole process, it truly can be simplified, which truly is like a lot of the battle, in my opinion, it's that thought process and that mental overcome of how do we get started? And how do we do this the most simple way? And really for everyone, the end goal is for the child to go to the bathroom and fill it and not in their door. And it's really simple when you think about the, the actual like act of it and the process of it. And so I think really it gets overcomplicated with chart systems and rewards and fears and doubts that the caretaker may have before starting. I think that's when it starts getting a little bit overwhelming, if you will. Yeah, no, I definitely can see that. I think that with my daughter, honestly, my mom potty trained her in a weekend. And so I didn't have a ton of, I guess, input there. But with my son, one, I feel like I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing. Cause I feel like oh, you're a boy. Is there a different way you sometimes you stand up when you, when you go to the bathroom, there's just so many things there, I think that are different for me. But like you said, that is me overcomplicating the process. And so I think that that makes total sense that when we just strip it down to what it is, it probably is a lot easier than we think. Yes. Yeah, it it really is. And I think having the right tools in hand when you start is actually key too to successful potty training, like one time only. There's nothing worse than having to start potty training and then give up and then restart it another time. I think that's very demotivating. So having the right tools is super successful um, for everyone involved. And I can talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah. So basically I want to structure this episode. I want to hear what your process is like here in just a second, but I also have several listener questions that I wanted to make sure that we answered in this episode. So we'll just start out with what the process has looked like for you. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So I'm speaking from my experience with my boys being really young. So we potty trained them all before they were two years old. And for some people that's really, really young, but I, I will say I had, um, I had a 22-month-old that we started, and then I had my middle son was 10 months old, and then I had a third baby on the way. So I had a little bit of a motivation to not have three in diapers. So I Mm -hmm. did speed my process along a little bit, which I know really might not be normal for some people, but I was ready. I needed to get one of them out of diapers, and we started. So my process looked like this. I'll just break it down super simple. We started off by buying the book called Oh Crap Potty Training. I highly recommend you get this book if you're about to start potty training. Um, It doesn't matter if you're a caretaker or a parent. Whoever is going to be doing the potty training, this book is absolutely fantastic. It gives you every tool you will ever need to be successful one time through. And it also gives you the confidence just to do it the right way. And when doubts creep in and when you have, you know, things that may leave you feeling really defeated, it it answers and like smashes all of that doubt. So I would definitely say grab that book and we call it our potty training Bible. So once I read through that book, uh, we started by setting a date on the calendar and 
uh, really gearing our minds up for getting started. So I set a date for a Monday. I stay at home with the kids. So I was able to do a Monday. Uh, For some people, this might look like a weekend. Mm -hmm. And we started just with day training. And then we moved to nap and nights a few months afterwards. So I'll just talk about my day training experience first. Uh, So we set the date on the calendar. And then uh, we basically just blocked out three solid days where we told ourselves. My husband and I, he was in and out. But for me, I was uh, very committed to no distractions, put all distractions away, phones away. Uh, We're staying at home. We're not leaving the house. And basically, we stripped our son down to nothing. And we had a little portable potty nearby that we got. And we watched him for a full day of literally like eyes on him, any kind of movement he made. And we made sure to like watch for the signals of when he needed to go to the bathroom. So we would, we figured it out pretty quick that when he paused and kind of looked around, he was about to start peeing. And so we'd grab him and we put him on the potty. We went really pretty heavy on the liquids the first day, just because we wanted to get a lot of practice in, which I would recommend doing if you are starting on day one and you don't want to have a child that just doesn't go all day. Some, some kids hold it. So um, just having them go a lot is great practice. But um, that was really what the first three days looked like for us was stripping him down completely to nothing and just watching him and getting him on that portable potty right away. And then after he got that, so the book kind of talks about, I'll back up a little bit. The book talks about like the, the progression of what's going on in a child's brain when you're about to potty train. And the first part of it is being completely clueless. So that's when you first start out. They're peeing in their diapers. They have no idea that they're going to the bathroom. They're Mm -hmm. going. And then um, the next progression is I peed. They understand, okay, I peed. And then I'm peeing now. So they get that they're peeing now. And then I have to go pee. And that's the final progression of it. And you want to get them to that I have to go pee stage where you can catch it before they go. So that was like a little bit of a, I guess, progression to follow, if you will, when going through the first few days. So once he kind of got the hang of, okay, I am peeing now, uh, we were kind of moving him more towards after about three or four days. Okay, now let's figure out you know, him say, I have to go pee. So that took about 10 days for us. But in a nutshell, that was our process. After about three days, we put his clothes back on, except for we didn't put any diapers or underwear on him and definitely no pull-ups. The book talks a lot about never using pull-ups because it mimics the diaper and it's confusing to the child. So we just put him with pants on, commando underneath and uh, the I guess the thought behind that would be to have the accident, I guess, have them feel the accident on their legs, and which mm-hmm. sounds really gross. But when something isn't catching it, they realize, oh, no, I went in my pants. The book talks a lot about just keeping them commando as long as possible. We did that about a month where we were just um, clothes on, no underwear, no diapers. But after a while, they just start to really figure it out. So all in all, that was kind of our progression for day training. I guess, yeah. Do you have any questions? I'm Yeah. No, no, this is so great. I, okay. I have several comments. So I definitely agree with the whole, we're not going to wear pull-ups. That was actually something I told my husband the other day. He was like, Oh, why don't we get Martin pull up? And I said, no, then he's going to think he's in a diaper. And I think that that just takes away from whatever they're learning. But the second thing that I was going to say is I think that peeing is probably maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the book talks about this, but I feel like peeing is so much easier than going number two. So was that a different process for you? Or 
did you, I mean, I guess they're interconnected. So I'm curious about that element. Cause I think my son is honestly just really scared. He's done it several times though. So now I'm like, okay, maybe that there's just a desire to show me your strong will that you're in control of this and you're not in control of much, but you're in control mm-hmm. of this. So I'm curious to know what that part of it looks like. Cause I think that's where I overcomplicate it. And then I want to force him which forcing isn't going to lead to anyone's benefit where I've kind of been for the last six months is, Oh, when he's ready, he's ready. So that, that was a lot. I just threw at you. Yeah, no. Yeah. So poop and pee are the same exact thing that, I mean, after a while, even if you have a child that's stubborn, they're going to have to go number two. So it's going to happen. It's just when it happens. And a lot of times I think for me, it happened a few times where I'd put a nap time diaper on both of my kids uh, and they would go in the nap time diaper because that was when they were most comfortable and their body was relaxed. Whereas during the day when I was kind of on them, watching them, grabbing them and putting them on the potty, it was a little, um, I don't want to say stressful, but it was just more heightened, I guess. After about two times of them going number two in their diaper, we just took the diaper off for naps and okay. they didn't want to go in their pants. They were like, Ooh, I don't, I don't want to do this. And so mm-hmm they would say, I have to go to the bathroom and then they do it before that. So I think just if you have that like stubborn, maybe mm-hmm. more strong-willed child, it's like, well, I know this is going to be really messy for all of us, but we're going to have to take the diaper off for naps. And so I, I think eventually it will, it will come. They can't avoid it forever type thing. Yeah. I think that, again, I have talked to so many different moms about their methods because I just feel like I'm at my wits end. Like I said, Martin's almost four and he hasn't potty trained yet. And so to me, I'm like, Oh, well, you're not going to at least go to kindergarten or you're not allowed to go to preschool, not having been potty trained. So segueing onto listeners problems and some of the questions that people asked me because they knew I was, I was speaking to you. So I have four. No more stressful trips to the fitting room under fluorescent lights. With Armoire, you get to wear quality pieces without the hassle of adding to your wardrobe or paying designer prices. I'll say, as a busy mom of three, I know the importance of treating myself to something special. And Armoire allows me to prioritize quality over quantity in my wardrobe. Plus, Armoire is woman-founded and woman-led, so you can feel good about supporting a business that empowers women. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, try Armoire today. You'll never have to worry about finding the perfect outfit for any occasion again. If you're curious for some of the looks that I've chosen, check out my collaboration highlight on Instagram for a few of my favorite armoire looks. Looks that you can grab too. So right now my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash minimalist. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalist to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. 
Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. And the first one is, how do you motivate a child without excessive rewards? And you kind of talked about this earlier, but I'll let you go into more detail. Yeah, and everything in me wants to say reward, reward, but really I don't want to sound harsh or insensitive by any means, but some things in life you just don't need rewards for. Mm -hmm. And going on the potty is a life skill that has to be learned, not rewarded. So that's really when you go into that mindset, that's kind of when you're headed into potty training, like this isn't something that we need to be giving our kids, you know, candy and stickers and everything else because it's just a life skill they need to learn. But that doesn't mean you can't show them how proud you are of them or celebrate after the fact. So for instance, we did a fun outing with my first son when he, you know, was very confident with his potty training. We took him to a trampoline park and we had a great little celebration after the fact, but it wasn't an ongoing reward system. I think that can get really tough if you're like out and about and you don't have a reward on hand and then the child like won't go because you don't have the reward. And then Mm. it's just hard to keep up with. So if you don't start it in the first place, I think that's the best route for everyone. And it's not so tiring. It just keeps it really simple. Mm -hmm. And then if you already have started rewards, I think just shifting it to setting a goal. If your child is a little bit older, if they're old enough to understand, I guess, the concept, you can't pee in your pants. You know, if we go to the trampoline park or you can't pee in pee your pants or, you know, go number two if we're at the aquarium. So whenever, when you can do this, like a big boy or big girl, then we can take that trip and make it like something to look forward to. So that would be mm-hmm. my maybe advice for rewards, but definitely not something I would suggest. This person says, is it okay to wait until they're older instead of pushing for it around two? So what are your thoughts? I think it's more about when you're ready and when you can fully commit. Um, Like I said before, a lot of it falls on the the shoulders of the person doing the training. And so just evaluate, I guess, the phase in your life and go from there. And if your life is crazy and you can't get it done at two years old, I don't think you should be very hard on yourself. I think the longer you wait, in some circumstances, you could get maybe a little more pushback because the child is old enough to reason with you, ask questions, and understand change. I think my, I guess, motivator uh, is right. There's this magical window before your child gets throws themselves into the tantrums and mm. the. Um, I don't like to call it terrible twos because they're still so sweet, but mm-hmm. they get, you know, they have their moments and mm-hmm. there's that little mark before, right before they hit two where they're sweet and they will really be compliant with you for the most part. And so I think if you can do it before, I would definitely say do it. I think for a lot of families, when a child turns two, there are so many changes that could happen, such as like a new sibling coming into the picture or the language milestones are out of control. They're being hit huge. And some people are transitioning to big boy beds, big girl beds, um, maybe starting preschool. So after the two mark, there's just so many things that are happening in the, in the child's life. And so that little window of opportunity where you're actually in right now with your third is like the, the perfect golden window. If you've already missed that, it's not a big deal at all. It really doesn't matter. It's not like if you don't do it before this, you're never going to get it. It's not that at all. It's just um, you, if you're before two years old, have confidence that you can do it. And if you're after two years old, I think you can still do it. But the book does talk a little bit about the um, 
the bladder being developed at three and a half. And Mm -hmm. it's like they talk about it like a muscle. So if your child never learns to hold or consolidate their pee after that three and a half, four-year-old mark, Mm -hmm. they might have a hard time because the muscle might atrophy and it won't Mm -hmm. be very strong, I guess. And so Mm -hmm. I think if you are concerned about not starting at two, I would just say that window between like two and three and a half would be a good time to do it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. And then my next question for you is she asked best age to start boys that makes for a stress-free positive experience for both of us. Oh man, there's no real magic number. Uh, really we kind of just talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no real magic number. Um, you gauge your child. So if they are very stubborn and already very, very, um, strong-willed, I would start them earlier just because the older that they get, the more pushback you're going to get. But nonetheless, I think you make the experience what it is. And if, you know, if it's too stressful of a time in your life right now to potty train, it's okay. I would just wait a little bit if you are busy with work or have a new baby coming into the house, whatever it might be. I just really evaluate your situation. It's not like you must start now or you must start here. It's just really, um, it's really what will fit your family best, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I had heard something about that window between right before their two and then prior to them turn, like right after their three. I can't remember where I read that, but those are probably two of the best ages. I know you mentioned the atrophy possibly of a bladder moving past three and a half, but I do think that you don't see most children not having this skill down by the time they're five. So I think that can take some of the stress off of yourself. Don't give up, like keep pursuing it, but also don't get hard. Don't get too hard on yourself. And it is just a little season of time when they're not getting it and they will get it. So I, I think that we just have to stay positive. Exactly. And just to interject for a little bit, I um, had my second son that I potty trained was very, very stubborn. And there were times when I wanted to throw in the towel. I was like, I am done. He is having so many accidents. And it was about two months of just pushback from him. But we just decided like, we're going to push through this and just who cares? You know, accidents are accidents. We're going to push through it. And he's just going to have to learn that he has to go to the potty. There's no other way around it. And so Throughout that frustration, I guess it was um, pretty easy to just throw in the towel. Like, we could have just been like, "All right, this wasn't exactly like our first experience with my older son. He got it in ten days. My mm-hmm. second son, it took about two months, and so it just was. It threw me off a little bit. But I would just say, yeah, keep going. And also, too, like don't talk about it a lot with friends and don't put it on social media. Just keep it to yourself and just be really like quiet about it because I think Mm -hmm. that also puts more pressure on people when they announce like I'm potty training today. And then Mm. you just have an extra layer of pressure that you put on yourself. And so with us, we didn't really tell anyone we were potty training except Mm. for my mom and dad, because we went over there a lot. But other than that, like nobody even knew what we were doing. And it was just another kind of um, pressure reliever, if you will. Yeah, no, that's great advice. My last question here before we wrap things up is how do we night train once they are day trained? Oh man, the night training. Oh man, it can be scary, but night training isn't as scary as you would think. And I think if you want to do it all together, go, like, go for it. If you want to night train, day train, and nap train all together, if your child's old enough, do it. We waited because we still had babies in cribs. So it was really mm. hard for them to get out of their crib in the middle of the night. And I just didn't want to interrupt that. So we waited till about two and a half. 
uh, to start doing our night training uh, right around the two and a half mark. And I think with that, the process is really simple. So you pick your start date, kind of like day training. And about five days prior to starting, gradually start to limit their liquid before bedtime. So think of it like an upside down triangle for liquid consumption. So when they wake up, give them a normal amount of liquid. So it's the the bottom of the triangle is the tip. So think about the, you know, upside down, if that makes sense. And then by midday, you're starting to limit, maybe at lunch, limit it a little bit. And then by dinner time, you're at the very tip of that triangle and you're really, really limiting that liquid. So just not overdoing liquid is huge about five days prior to your start date for night training and then get your gear. So a little portable potty, as I mentioned before, is so huge because you want to take it like for us, we took it during day training. We'd take it in our car with us. We would have our kids like go pee on the side of the road if they had to go potty in this little thing. And then great for night training. Cause you can pull it up right by their bed when they're sleeping and, um, so that's a great thing to buy. And then a waterproof mattress cover is awesome for accidents and mm. a little nightlight so you can see when you go into their room. So those three things are great to get. And then the final piece to night training that is unavoidable, unfortunately, if you're doing it early is waking them up to pee. And I say waking with like air quotes because they don't actually wake up. So for about one month, we would go into my son's room and around 10 p.m. when I would go to bed, I would just gently take him out of his bed and I would have the little potty right next to his bed and I'd pull his pants down and he'd go pee. He'd empty his bladder and then he, I would literally set him right back in bed. He would be asleep through all of it. And um, I'd put him right back into bed. And there was no bright lights. There was no talking. Just a little helping hand for me, letting him release the pee. And um, after about a month, he got used to consolidating and he would make it all night long. So we had to do that waking for about four to six weeks. I think it was a little bit longer than a month. That's really it for night training. It's super easy. And my son was like a really light sleeper. And so I waited. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to wake him up. That sounds like a horrible idea. And once I did it, it was really great and very like liberating to be like, oh my gosh, we're doing it. We're night training. Mm -hmm. So if there was any accidents, it's because the liquid rule was broken. Okay. Wow. Well, this was Oh my gosh. I just feel like you did such a great job explaining all of this. This is really helpful to me. So I hope it was helpful for listeners, but where can listeners find you if they want to connect? Yeah, it's been so fun. So I have a website. My website is laurennicolejones.com. It's just my full name. And I have a YouTube channel where I do fun videos with kids and I do lots of cooking. And my handle is just at Lauren Nicole Jones. And then I have a podcast myself. It's called the Simple Life Project Podcast. And I connect with moms and women that are seeking simple. So that's the third place that people can listen and find me. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing all this. I will have to check out that book. And you have really motivated me, honestly, to get it started sooner than later with my third. So I just appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks so much. It was fun. What did you think of the episode? I want to give you a little bit of behind the scenes. So typically I record podcasts months in advance. Sometimes I'll do it the week before, depending on the topic, but a lot of the content I don't release for a couple of months. All that to say, at the time of this recording, I was really struggling with my son's potty training. I just felt like I was doing everything, again, overcomplicating it and was getting nowhere. I will tell you, we are now in July and he is potty trained. 
He's actually been potty trained for a couple of months now, and I'll tell you what, finally did it. It was actually my daughter. One Monday night, my six-year-old sat across from him while he was sitting on the potty and read a book to him. I don't know if it was him just being really relaxed, having more of that peer-to-peer support, but he was able to go, sorry for the TMI, but he was able to go number two, and ever since that moment, he was no longer afraid. I think that was the big sticking point for him. I think he was just really fearful, but it, it literally happened overnight, and he's had one accident since then. So, all that to say, it really came down to simplifying I'm not saying it's going to be as easy as having a sibling sit down next to them, but it's worth a shot. And again, I think it really came down to him feeling relaxed. We took off the pressure of saying it had to be done within a certain time frame, and that's what worked for us. What did you think of this conversation? Did you find Lauren's tips to be helpful? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com, and there you'll find the links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.